Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where we continue our discussion of Worshipful Brother Andrew Hammer's Observing the Craft. Again today, Chapter 5, Dress. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Thank you for joining us again at the Working Tools Podcast, where we have three quarters of our normal rogues gallery because we're brother David, no, Matt Apple. I'm jealous now that I now that you guys have corrected me and he is seeing John Oliver. <laughs> but <laughs> three of us, three of the four of us here with very worshipful, uh, very worshipful brother, David Colbeth from King Solomon Mount. Solomon's mind. I'm not doing well tonight. <laughs> King Solomon Lodge, number 16, Auburn, Washington. Worshipful brother Stephen Chung from Prince Charles Lodge, number 153 in Kelowna, British Columbia. And myself, worshipful brother Jared Dunham from Penticton Lodge, number 147, surprisingly in Penticton, British Columbia. Look at that. So last week, last episode, we ended off, we were discussing dress, and I wanted to bring up the, the concept of aprons. Because he he discusses it in 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 the chapter, and I know that uh, the few times I've actually been to lodge south of the border, y'all wear just white aprons, and that you you guys do you, do you take your aprons home? Do you have you have a special apron though, don't you, David? Because you, you, being a past Grand Lodge officer, so of course you're issued your white apron, and then when you're a past master. Right of a lodge, then we have a past master. He, you can wear if you want a past master's apron. Our emblem on the past master's apron is a little bit unique in Washington. It's just the quadrant; it's not the square. Right. In many jurisdictions, it's both the square and the quadrant. And then, when you're a past deputy, then you can wear a past deputy. Basically, you can wear the apron of whatever highest you're allowed to wear the apron of whatever highest position you've held. So as a past deputy, we can wear a past deputy's apron or a deputy's apron. And then same thing if you were to go up with line. If you, if you were to go like be a grand secretary and then not be grand secretary more if you retired in that position, you'd still be right worshipful in our jurisdiction and you'd be eligible to wear that past grand secretary's apron. But most of the – you would not likely be a junior grand junior warden and then not junior grand award and then not go on to grand master. So you're probably not ever going to be right worshipful because you weren't grand secretary, if that makes sense. You're going to continue on in Washington. We, uh, we remain the title most worshipful, even after going out of the grand East in many jurisdictions, they revert back to right worshipful, but not in Washington. And you of course get to wear the jewel and apron of a past grand master. But you're right. In when you're visiting lodges down here, we don't have your special Master Mason's apron, and we we just we just have visiting aprons. We call them, and they're generally white. Some lodges will have a apron that has a blue border or some kind of a border, usually blue. Almost I can't. You really can't have anything else. And some lodges distinguish that one as a member's apron. 
or a past or a past master's apron. Although we, so it's, it's whatever the lodge custom is. I think in some lodges, they use the blue bordered ones for visitors and not for members and vice versa. And what, what about your grand lodge? What about grand, which? Well, what, what, like do, is there not a, uh, see when our, when our DDGMs, uh, uh, are, are done their year as, or their term, they get a special apron um, that identifies them as a past DDGM. We just wear the continue to wear basically the same apron that we had as a DDGM, but just no jewel. Mm. Yeah, actually, ours are similar to those. It's just no no fringe around the edge. Oh, um, our con our our constitution dictates the the width of the border and everything. <laughs> Yeah, so I, there there are some definitions in our code about what aprons can look like, but it generally refers to officers' aprons, and there's grand debate about what kind of apron can be worn or not worn, especially the whole issue around rounder corners. <clears throat> the funny thing well, is I took, <laughs> the guys that have brought that up, I sent a message. Uh, Zane McCune, very worshipful Zane McCune, has been on the show before, and I, I was at George Washington Memorial in D.C. a few weeks ago, and I was looking through there, and I said, oh my gosh, look at this. <clears throat> I sent a picture. It was a picture of the worshipful master <clears throat> that presided over George Washington's funeral, his apron and jewel. And his apron was square corners. <laughs> of course. It was just hilarious. Uh, this grand debate that square corners were only used when, you know, there's one of the one of the arguments that these guys have when they bring this resolution is that square corners was a product of industry and that you know, it was easier to stamp out, which I get the idea of it, but that's not exactly why that happened. <clears throat> well, you know, and anyway. Well, and does anyone have a custom? Like, is it in, in, in the chapter, he talks about there's right. a, a burgeoning custom apron market starting in South, in the States. Like, would, would say, someone... He says, fortunately, there now seems to be a resurgence in the number of Masons who are not only purchasing their own aprons, but also designing them as was done by the brethren in the past, right. whether one designs his own apron or purchases one in a style to his liking, or simply wears the white lambskin of his initiation. The value of owning and wearing one's own apron is that in doing so the brothers, uh, yeah, the brother takes yet another level of ownership in his craft. Uh, he also shows his, he also shows its importance to him. Right. And it's, like, I, I haven't heard of anybody taking their apron home and embroidering it or anything or, you know, putting well, putting, putting patches yeah. on it or whatever. Now, there is a I would say that there's a lot of guys that will find they call them traveling aprons where they'll go online and they'll find an apron that's already adorned. And they like that, especially white ish, you know, white ones that are have different things on them, not just a plain white apron. And I have a mixed emotions about those. Uh, so. Well, are they, I guess my my question on that is, would would they be allowed actually in your lodges in Washington? Are they properly? Because I guess my question is, are they properly clothed if they're wearing one? <clears throat> my standard answer when a guy says, "Well, can I wear this?" My standard answer is, "There's probably nobody going to kick you out of lodge or say you can't wear it," and <clears throat> because it's a pretty personal thing to walk up to somebody and say you can't wear that in lodge he's he's got an apron on he's you know now if it was 
it's like a totally non-Masonic apron if it were some other symbols on it or something that might be different. But if so, there was this. I belong to a chat group of a local lodge. I'm I have it on mute, so then I don't ever comment on it. But it's fun to watch the commentary. And there was a new Mason that was asking about this exact thing. He was looking at he had his white apron and we say it'd be a spotless and, and a lot of guys think that they should put that away in a tube in the corner and tell their wife about it. And so when they die, they can pull it out and it'll still be clean. And the, so he wanted to have a traveling apron. So he's looking online and he sent a couple pictures in the chat. Say, what do you guys think about these? And some people were commenting, Oh, we better look at the code, better look at the code. And then, well, you know, what's wrong? Why can't I wear this one? And then the worship master chimed in and said, I would prefer that, an, a, a mason wear his white apron that was given to him and then they kept saying well but they can do whatever you want to do and they kept on chatting and basically arguing about what he could or couldn't do and then the master stepped in again and said i would like the masons to wear white aprons it was very like and then more argument ensued it was crazy like three or four times these guys the master stepped in and they finally said I am not going to matter that I'm not going to make any more comments on this. You will wear white aprons. And they kept, they connected, they continued to have the conversation. And I was talking to a few guys afterwards about this. I said, the master said it like three times. Yeah. Wear white aprons. Why were you guys continuing this conversation? I wanted to chime in so bad. I had tech, you know, started a sentence many times. There are lodges here that wear white aprons only all officers, even for most meetings. And then there's some that are doing it only for degrees though. Everybody has to wear a white apron during a degree, which I think is kind of cool symbolism. Um, I, my family can't hear what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm going to wear uh, my wife's grandfather's. This will come out probably after Well, it won't come out after, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear my white my grand my wife's grandfather's white apron as my in as a, as a worship master in the year of my being worship master as a tribute to him. Now right. we've had this conversation that should I be wearing his apron? Well, my mentor says you're the master; you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I know it's I know I get I get the idea, but but it's a symbol. It's symbols, right? Everything we do is symbols, and mm-hmm. so to me, it's a symbol mm-hmm. of uh, respect and honor to him and the family that kind of introduced me to Freemasonry. So. Well, I mean, I don't see any, I mean, I wore my dad's apron for years. Right. Not his white apron though. Right. Well, or, oh, that's right. No, it wasn't. Was it with a white apron? Or no, that was your past master's apron. Or Mason. White. Was it a white apron? No, no, no. Yeah. This is what we have. Cause we have it. Our, our aprons are dictated by constitution. Right. What we are allowed to wear. Yeah. You, you oh. I remember on the show, you say you didn't, you basically don't have your own aprons. You always got them handed down. I still, I've yeah. never got, I've never gotten my own apron. They're out there. I've always been hand-me-downs. Except the white one. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even sure that that one was brand new when I got it either. <laughs> well, it's funny because I did see uh, one particular guy in our jurisdiction after his um, uh, year as master, he went and got himself a custom apron made with, uh, you know, silver frillies around it and such. Um, well, no, that, which, no, that's standard. Yep. Yeah. The, sta- with, the silver fringe is you—it's it, standard yeah. in our jurisdiction. You can do that. Yeah, I, yeah, which I had never seen before. I thought it was rather interesting. Oh. It, he, had, it, he had a custom uh, uh, badge made for the center of it, which was, I think, from his lodge logo of sorts. Yeah, it, that, it, it yeah, was pretty cool. Yeah, there's a um, 
Where's your brother, Net Matheson from Peachland? His he wears mm. one with a fringe. Mm. It's it's actually yeah. quite common down on the coast. I, I like my dad's my dad's past a past master apron had the fringe as well. Mm. So I, when I was issued mine, and they said I was reading back through the ritual, and it says it's yours, yours to live your honorable life. And so it was funny. I don't I I don't think they took mine away, but the next degrees that I saw, they took the lodge took it back. And their excuse was, well, we don't want him to lose it. And he, some guys aren't advancing and we need to write the dates on it. And I thought, okay, those are three absolutely unjustified excuses to take back this apron that we just said it's yours. <laughs> and he basically paid for it. I mean, as part of his initiation fees, he paid for it. So, right. and I get it. Well, first of all, why isn't he coming back? <laughs> he can write the dates on it when he comes in. But anyway, so I was given mine. I thought, oh, I'm supposed to wear this thing. So I wore it all the time. And I was in the line kind of, so I knew or assumed that I would advance and eventually get a past master's apron. I'd figure that out pretty quickly. So I thought, well, I'm gonna, I'm only going to have this for a few years or really be able to wear it for a few years. And I, it, mine is a little bit crinkled, right? It's not perfect and I mean, it's not dirty, but it's not perfect. And, and then I kind of put it away for a few years because I've had a past master's apron and past deputy's apron. I wear that a lot. Well, and now I'm carrying it again, because in some cases I don't, I don't want to be, I mean, everybody, know, most of the guys know I'm a past deputy. And so they know me, but it's kind of fun just to wear the white apron sometimes and, and just be regular Joe, sort of regular Mason, not have to be this, you know, the deputy, the past deputy. Yeah. Or, yeah. It was interesting when I went to Cuba uh, because they're, you know, they just have a stack of aprons uh, at the door and, and you grab it on the way yeah. through. Did there's no, uh, I mean, they're all donated from here usually, or, 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 you know, from just North white, America. they're just white though, right? No, no, oh. there was past master aprons. Uh, there was, uh, all different sorts of aprons there. Okay. Uh, and it didn't matter which one it was. Uh, you just grabbed one and had an apron on so that you had an apron when you were in law. We do have old past masters aprons that people have donated that are in a drawer that if a past master comes and he wants to wear a past master's apron instead of a white or other apron. He can grab one of those, but you know, you know, it's like he talks about in the book that we're just, just our dress as well as aprons are the outward expression of who we are and, and how we want to present. Like if you know, he talks about the warriors and how they dress differently and how ancient uh, civilizations would express themselves to represent who they wanted to be. Like I was talking earlier, some nights I don't want to be the deputy. I always want to be a Mason. So I'll wear my white apron in and hoping to kind of blend in. And especially for the new guys, they don't know who I am. And so I, I think it depends on who you are or what you want to project that day. Uh, maybe. Now, I guess you guys have your own special aprons, the master Mason's apron that you're supposed to wear. So, but are they're all the same? Are they all the same? Or are they different in each lodge? They're all the same. Ma yeah, Master Mason's apron is the same no matter what lodge you belong yeah, to. Past Master's aprons are all the same, right? But uh, yeah, you can just wear a white lambskin apron if you yeah. wanted to. Here it represents the entered apprentice, right? So, you know, um, so but you know, you're you're a Mason. You can wear uh, that apron. Uh, you are above that degree level, right? It's yeah. just it, it's there here they're all designed in certain ways so that they're identifying your uh status in the organization right so you know he talks about how if a monk 
was wearing a t-shirt and jeans and, you know, without his ritual and eating a cheeseburger, <laughs> we'd still be a monk. And, you know, technically he might be still a monk, but his, his manifestation of who he wants to be or his efforts around this, the, the way state of his mind and the soul of his excellence and how he wants to, what he wants to become and develop himself. I tend to think that that conversation about that new Mason that was looking to adorn or get a nicer apron is almost the manifestation of his desire to be to to be more excellent right to project excellence and so he wanted to have a a nicer apron a better apron so and at the, his state he wasn't allowed to wear anything else he couldn't you know we don't have a master's apron master mason's apron here so he couldn't do anything different it just was the white apron unless he became an officer and we don't really I know there's not any rule against it, I don't think, but you certainly wouldn't, if you were in a steward or a deacon or a warden in one your lodge, you wouldn't wear that in another lodge because then you might be misrepresented as the officer in that lodge. So you, you don't, see. so you don't have, we don't have an apron other than a past master's apron. So you go from white apron to past master. There isn't one in between really. So if a guy wants a traveling apron and to adorn it a little more. So I'm confused with the tra- the concept of a traveling apron. Don't you just, take your apron well instead of your white leather apron if you wanted to have so if, if a guy wanted to have something that had some rosettes on it or some symbols or you know but it's supposed to be all white technically it's not supposed to be anything but white because anything other than white is an officer apron in washington officers aprons are blue bordered so if you were to if you got a blue bordered apron to wear as a master mason you would technically be in violation of the code because a blue bordered apron is a master's apron or right. as a but officer. when you say traveling, you mean traveling outside of your state? No, well, or just other lodges, just other lodges. But you don't want to bring your white leather apron. You don't want to have it wear your plain apron, which I think is silly. Like I, 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 that, that, that I, I'm confused about the concept of not wearing your apron in another lodge. Yeah, like it's in, in general. Again, I think I think the the guy in this case was I'm making I'm making excuses for him because I don't really know his true state of mind, but I could see how maybe it was an attempt at a improved excellence right he was trying to well and also i think he was given false information he's supposed to put his apron up in the corner of the closet and not wear it that's probably another thing and so what he should the comments and the should have been no it's your apron you should wear it yeah and that's misrepresented many times i think but yeah i don't know yeah i I don't know. I find it just odd that it's different uh, um, from here to there to, and it's probably different again elsewhere. So, but what what do you, what do you guys did, did you see that section on page eighty five? He talks about the different types of dress. You know what what, and depending on the time of the uh, when you know maybe blazers or older some lodges are going to an older Victorian style. And then he said, or perhaps even the more adoption of a tunic evoking the stonemasons. I've never heard of a lodge going to tunics. That seems almost backwards. But I guess maybe if you're, I mean, I could see it if you're doing some kind of a degree drama or something, but I could, or, or Scottish Rite, I guess Scottish Rite, but they're usually only worn in degrees. They're not worn for a lodge. Well, and that starts smack, smacking. Yeah, smack of, of, costume rather than clothing yeah yeah mm-hmm. and I, I i'm not a big fan of costumes in lodge 
Well, what I, I thought I heard somewhere that I, when I was thinking tunic, I guess I wasn't thinking what I was just about to say more like uh, <laughs> almost like a Sith outfit, right? Where it's a hooded, like a, like a robe, right? Or a hooded robe. Right. And I've, I'm pretty sure I've heard of lodges doing some things like that, or it's a little more uh, Illuminati ish. <laughs> well, maybe uh, YouTube will flag us for that word, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, right. But something a little more kind of right. a little more wild like that. And I don't know. It'd be interesting. Uh, I, I'd be interesting to have a debate about that. Cause then now you're all wearing the same thing. It doesn't matter what you have underneath it. You could be wearing shorts and flip-flops almost if it was a floor length <laughs> tunic of sorts. I don't know. Would that be bad? You'd, you'd all be similar or the same. So there wouldn't be any way to judge somebody different or better or worse. Because uh, you're completely covered. I don't know. Right. But mm. once again, I, that to me sounds more like you're wearing a costume than clothing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. what does it say to if somebody can't afford, even they can't afford? Well, I think it's a bad excuse because even if you can't afford it, I mean, I'm not, I'll, I've admitted to many people that I shopped at the thrift store when I first was joining, and you can get some nice stuff there just to be mm-hmm. careful. And well, we've discussed in the past about the concept of if you can't afford something, maybe lodge isn't the right thing for you at this time in your that's, life. That's true. That's true. You know, because it's not it's it's not like it's the only expense of joining a lodge. Very true. Very true. So. Yeah, I, I think that if we're if we're serious in this endeavor, like you're saying, if we're serious and it's the right time in our life, and that looking and acting and dressing your best is a is a critical component. I think yeah. we all come to agree on that. And and you know, over time, you know, I did the same thing. I started with a suit, and then. Uh, you know, I got some nicer shirts and then I worked my way up to a, a tuxedo. I went and got a used one from the rental store first. And, you know, one day I did go out and buy myself a, a you know, brand new tuxedo. I had custom made all that fun stuff. Um, and, but yeah, worked my way up. So it's, it's not necessarily, um, I don't know. I, I did the same thing. It was, it was just, that's what I had at the time, but it, it was accepted anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. So before, before you're a master Mason though, I just started to kick back again before you're a master Mason, when you're traveling, do you still wear, do you wear your white apron? You're expected to wear your white apron then? Yes. Okay. Cause that's all you have. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was sorry. I just, I had that note and I forgot to ask it earlier. <clears throat> Yeah. Well, we we give them their um, their aprons as entered apprentices, and yeah. and they're expected to carry it with them wherever yeah. they go. Whenever I'm at a lodge and I see so it taken them. back, I think I always go afterwards and say, "Why why are you taking this back? You just told them it's yours." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, and then yeah, there was there was that debate for a while too, and so you know, again, we actually went. And decided to add it to the budget to get the guy his own white lambskin leather apron, even though we're going to replace it with a master mason apron once he becomes a master. Right. So we don't have a lot of time to dive into this necessarily, but 
in that section he talks about his apron you know no matter how much jewelry or rings or other things that a guy wears a mason wears he he can't substitute the badge his apron so if a guy comes to lodge in a shirt and tie and everybody else is in tuxes he's got his apron on he's dressed as a master mason or a mason well shouldn't that be acceptable you know, you're 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 proper. You are considered properly dressed if you are wearing an apron, right? They, most most lodges are hoping you've got some street clothes on underneath that apron. Well, right? and once again, we go back to it: is that the best? Is that is that his best? And if that is his best, right. then yes. Okay. Yeah. If it if it's just what was convenient, no. No. Sure. Right. But if it's, it's his I mean, best you know. for the circumstances and everything else, and blah blah yeah. blah. Yeah. yeah. And I can support that, right? Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate the conversation. I think it's was been it's been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We've we've talked about dress a few other times, but this one really kind of put a knot in it, if you will. <laughs> uh and with that, and well, yeah, with so that. we should mm-hmm. uh you know, don't forget to make sure to comment about things and let us know what you want to <clears throat> have us do next season uh season six yeah should we continue on with these long form discussions about books on books and things which there are some cool books I, my my library keeps expanding i <laughs> uh and there's some cool books that we could dive into or should we go in long form papers or I mean, short short form papers where we do a couple of episodes on a paper that we find like we did last year or we we could also or... we could also just you know pick topics and discuss the differences between our our lodges or our districts or our or our jurisdictions too. Yeah. Um. You know that might be an interesting. Well, let, definitely let us know in the comments, please, and um, on Facebook and YouTube and other places. And on that note, on behalf of David, Stephen, and our absent brother Matthew. Uh, Thank you for listening to the Working Tools podcast, and we look forward to seeing you again.